electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber, coming to you live from separate locations this morning. Futures positive, uh, but they did take a hit as ADP reports 20.2 million jobs lost in April. That's the worst in the history of the data set ahead of the jobs number on Friday. Oil was trying for a sixth day higher on signs of a rebound in gasoline demand, uh, but that has reversed, Jim. Uh, it's a sobering to see an ADP number like the one we got today. You know, this is a reminder of the two economies uh, and their impact on the stock market. The stock market's a financial market, and periodically you'll get something like an ADP payroll, and you're saying, wait a second, what am I doing buying a consumer spend stock? Uh, and then you'll get FANG and its uh, acolytes, the companies that are involved with uh, home office, uh, involved with 5G, and you'll say, you know, so what? I mean, that's now. Tell me what's going to happen 18 months from now. Uh, and the 18 months focus is that we, we have the vaccine, we have people back to work, uh, and the demand will be strong. So it's, there's a huge valley. I don't want to call it a V or a W because it's more like the Grand Canyon. But there are a lot of people who are looking through it, and then there are a lot of people who are stumbling. And if you look at oil, it's a good indicator of whether people are looking through it or not. Every time oil's up. There are a lot of people who say, you know what, I can stick with the consumer. It's fine. And then uh, when oil's down, say, well, hold on, I got to default to Alphabet. Yeah, that disconnect is interesting. Uh, oil got above 25 today. Uh, so what what wins right now? Uh, the oil's 30 uh, percent gain and the uh, optimism about reopening or the relative uh, cautious stance of some of these uh, macro uh, data sets we're getting? Well, I, I think that what wins, it's actually a kind of a barbell. What wins are companies that are good cyclical, <clears throat> what's so-called early cycle cyclicals, uh, where people feel that maybe things can come back if the Treasury keeps pumping and uh, Fed keeps pumping. And also just these companies that are, are remarkable, uh, that are levered to China. I mean, China is so strong. I know that it must just drive, hate them or like it must be driving the president crazy. But anything China is just on fire, including, I believe, Shanghai Disney will be on fire. And then against that are companies like Royal Caribbean that, that uh, I, mean, I mean, sorry, Norwegian. Royal's got to do what Norwegian did. Uh, Norwegian uh, Carnival, where people are saying, I don't know. I'll bottom fish with the bonds. I'll get 12 percent or I'll get six in a convertible. So there is just an incredible number of bets being played by many different hedge funds, which, by the way, as Brian Sullivan reported this morning, is the, the longest the hedge funds have been in three years. I don't know if that's good. David, they're all in. Yeah, that's a surprise to me. I mean, many of the ones that I speak to, at least, are not all in and are scratching their heads to a certain extent in the same way that we seem to sometimes in terms of the performance of the overall equity market, particularly the Nasdaq. Although, given some of the things that you point out, uh, it's easier to understand why some stocks are doing particularly well, Jim. But I'm not finding that. In fact, the conversations I have with most of the hedge fund guys I talk to uh, are more on the lines of, 
Um, I'm not sure what to be doing right now. Right. Uh, you know, I don't want to trail the overall averages, but I don't want to chase here. I don't believe we're having anything like a V-shaped recovery in the economy, even though we seem to be having a V-shaped recovery in the stock market. But, you know, consider these cruise lines, OK, because I think that they're the most extreme situation. A lot of people feel that they were bad actors. I don't know. They were actors. They, they're cruise lines. I mean, they go on cruises. Uh, I look at what happened last night with Norwegian. They got the deal done. Now, why did they, the reason why this is such a great microcosm, they got the deal done in the hole. OK, it, it was not terrific terms, but they got it done. Now, who buys that stuff? Well, the answer is people who believe that in the end, Norwegian's going to ship again, 750 million. Dollars, six dollar exchangeable, thirteen seventy five convert. Then they did a twelve point two five senior, uh, six hundred seventy five million. I mentioned this, and I don't know where the world's going to have to do it to follow along, but I mentioned because David, that's about hope. It's about the Federal Reserve backstopping, and then you start yes. hearing crazy people say, you know what, they're going to buy ETFs if they have to. Japanese wise, hey, Carl, I think that one of the reasons why the right. financial guys are so active is they just say, you know what, the Fed put is the strongest I've ever seen it. That's and that's kind of. Exciting for that's the- that's the story. That's what everybody comes back to, Jim, when they want to try and explain why this market is behaving so well. And certainly your point on the on the and the bond market is well taken, even though they haven't yet actually bought any of these things. Right. <laughs> it's know. just the possibility of the Fed stepping in that has really bolstered that market. We've talked often about it, of course, last week. Let's not forget Boeing raising twenty five billion dollars yeah, in that market. Watershed, one of David. the largest offerings, one of the largest of all time. Uh, and, and your point is, is well taken, of course. Companies that are extremely risky right now are able to at least get the lifeline they need to take them to some future date. We don't know what things are going to look like come the fall. We don't know what they're really going to look like come next year. But it gives them time to hopefully put things together and hope that there is a significant rebound. The vaccine. How many times? Carl, every single talk I have with the CEO ends with, but the vaccine, the vaccine. They better come up yep. with a vaccine. I'm not, I mean, look, obviously, we want it for, to save human lives. But there is uh, there is a sense that there are there's the Fed until you get to the vaccine. Uh, exactly right, guys. Uh, Nightly News last night did a look at the NYU trial. The first 12 healthy Americans who are getting inoculated with uh, with vaccine candidates. And um, there's obviously a lot of hope at the same time, Jim. Um, more reports today that what we thought were going to be temporary furloughs are becoming permanent layoffs. Uber's on the tape right now, uh, 14% uh, work, workforce reduction. Reports yesterday out of about Airbnb. We know what Boeing's doing. Right. We know what UAL is thinking in October. I mean, that's sort of leading to the kinds of ADP numbers we're looking at. Airbnb. Yeah, the Airbnb was a very interesting. And, and Brian Chesky yeah. runs the company. And, this is one of those. I used your Airbnb extensively. I went away from hotels. Why? Because it was such a bargain. And now I guess, you know, people just don't think you can wipe down a house the way Marriott can wipe down a room. And this these layoffs were very painful because the revenues were down 50 percent you know, in half from last year. And this company's got the money. I think it's got the wherewithal. But can it get through this valley where people are not afraid? And we're going to talk about fear all day, I think, because of Disney. Uh, How fearful are Americans? I almost think that there's two countries. They're the countries who laugh, part of the countries who laugh at the fear. And there's other groups who are paralyzed. And I just keep thinking, well, if the people are laughing, why aren't they flying? If they're laughing, why aren't they going to the few things that are open? So I think they're laughing, but they're not going. Yeah, I mean, that 
You know, Jim, I've made this point recently. So goes Disney. So goes the economy to some extent, because it will be an interesting reflection in terms of behavior when we see those theme parks open. Uh, And CEO Bob Chapek talking about that on the Disney call last night. Of course, their expectations that demand will be there, at least to the capacity that they are able to handle, which would be half. Right. At the most, that'd be hopeful. 50 percent when they. Right. When they're opening Shanghai, they're going to open it even lower than that. But he was talking more about and answered a question about the domestic parks and what he's seeing there. But that continues to be the question. You know, many people seem to be. And again, in this area, we're still uh, under more of a lockdown, so to speak. But certainly many parts of the country, Texas, for example, many in many tell me business as usual in many ways. But there is going to be a cohort, Jim, of the population that simply is unwilling to as a result of the risk factor go out. It's not an insignificant one. We know the numbers in terms of people who are over 65 years of age, for example, or or have underlying conditions. You take away that kind of a demand from an economy and it's still going to have a significant impact, one would expect. Well, the self-quarantine is self-evident. And I think you're right about Disney. Rich Greenfield was on earlier, something I disagree with entirely. He said people will have to wear masks. He said people have their temperature taken. Go look at the Tennessee Pledge. I think people should, you can Google it. Tennessee Pledge is the one that a lot of people are relying on. It has really very good breakdowns of what you have to do if you run a service business. You have to ask three questions about coughing and uh, temperature and whether you know anyone has COVID. Then you have to be willing to submit to a temperature. Then you go in and there's only maybe uh, half the tables, maybe a quarter of the tables and the people uh, they use gloves and they use masks and i've got to tell you if you're going to go out get used to it so if everyone's doing that and disney offers it you and you switch from thinking what a pain in the butt to thank heavens and the tennessee pledge is, is tennessee i mean that the, the governor bill lee i love that name he's like yeah, great picture but i do believe that that's the way you have to look at things the pledge tells you exactly how you have to do it and it's not good for the people who are offering the services like that are covered by ppp but i think disney's got a way and i think that betting against disney right now is obviously not right if you look at the stock but you're right Dave. this is the barometer there's the disney index and it's made up of disney yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Listen, the questions about the parks, of course. I mean, they lost a billion dollars in really, what was it, kind of two and a half weeks in terms of the park. But the run rate of loss there is supposed, many analysts are estimating is about a billion a month now for the parks. Mm. That is a big number. They obviously contribute a great deal of the company's free cash flow. David, what would that happen if they hadn't done Disney Plus? Dis- what would it look yeah. like? I mean, by the way, if they had waited or if they had waited, right? Yeah. They're, they're very lucky. <laughs> They're very unlucky, of course, overall, because so many of their businesses are so tied into so many of the bad things that are happening right now. But they did launch in November and to have 54 million people. It is stunning. It really is to start a service just that short a time ago and have 54 million subscribers. The price, I think it comes back to at 699. It's always been a key distinguishing sort of feature of this from the minute they revealed it over a year ago to us. Jim, but that's stunning. And that is going to be such an important component of this of this company for years and years to come. But don't forget, they're spending on it. It still requires a lot of spending right now. And they don't have the cash coming in. Another reason why you might suspend the dividend for a half a year. They raised money pretty good. Six billion dollars. They went to the market twice. They They did good. Carl, how often are your your kids a consumer of Disney Plus? 
Look, it's a, it's it's a, it's an amazing resource now. I mean, the, the subs uh, sub growth really doesn't th- seem that surprising, and we're still waiting for Japan to roll out. Uh, but uh, to Rich Greenfield's point, if you were looking uh, for something that would limit uh, scripted content and live sports, this is it. And that hits at two big pieces of right. Disney's flywheel. Well, Michael Jordan is saving both Nike and Disney. It's really rather extraordinary. <laughs> Michael Jordan numbers are extraordinary. Just incredible. Uh, I know that I am tired of watching replays of fantastic teams that won in the playoffs. And ESPN, so I get, look at ESPN every day, ESPN Plus. I don't know why. I mean, I don't know. I get pushed jet moves that the Jets are thinking of making. Hey. Just know. wait till the South Korean baseball season starts. It's gonna, I'm all in, man. They got, how's the fan, what's the fan base there? <laughs> I don't care. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch. <laughs> I just let's hope nobody tests positive because if they do, they shut it down for three weeks, guys. Oh my! Uh, we are getting uh, more mm. on uh, Uber's job cuts. Thirty-seven hundred of them. For more, let's get to Deirdre Bosa this morning. Hey, Dee. Hey, Carl, that's right. 3,700 jobs are being cut at Uber, and that makes up about 14% of its total workforce. They're happening in support and recruiting. Also from this SEC filing, Dara is foregoing his salary for the remainder of the year. Um, Of course, guys, this is just the latest company to be hit in the sharing economy. We heard about layoffs. 25% of Airbnb's workforce was cut yesterday. This comes on top of Lyft. Lime, I'm sure there's more to come, but remember Uber reports Thursday after the bell. Lyft is today. Certainly the pain looks to be far over for these ride-sharing companies. And remember that gross bookings, their ride-sharing revenue has really fallen off a cliff amid the COVID crisis. Wow. There's something you didn't see. I mean, there's part of the economy, uh, like Airbnb, just deeply embedded instantly. Millennials love it. And I think millennials, by the way, are, are going to surprise people by not wanting to go out. They're uh, not cleanliness next to godliness, but the millennials are much more discerning about things than this middle generation of baby booms. who just, you know, kind of like accept it. I really think that there's a big change going on. We're going to hear that from my Beyond Meat on tonight. I mean, Beyond Meat, why are people buying Beyond Meat? Well, one of the reasons is because of the Tyson food factories. They're appalled. They just are they're clean. David, you disagree with that? Yeah, food's, Both food's becoming a fascinating no. story, Jim. Uh, whether it's be, Beyond Meat trying to, uh, we'll talk about it after the break, but cutting prices, trying to take share. And then you see uh, Papa John's, Wingstop, 30% comp growth in April so far. Um, so people are, they, they're eating at home and increasingly, Jim, uh, they're going to fast food places. Yeah, for food. and they're playing Call of Duty. I don't know, maybe what is that? Is that's kind of like, Mensa? Is that you have to be Mensa to join? Play Call of Duty? Is that Suma? <laughs> we'll get to Activision uh, 2 and, and EA and CVS and GM. There's a lot to get to, guys, on this Wednesday. Take a short break and we'll have more on the other side. Don't go anywhere. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. 
Beyond Meat up 10% pre-market as the company had earnings last night. They look to grab some share now that meat supply in this country is being threatened. Uh, Jim asked the McDonald's CEO about that very uh, phenomenon uh, during an interview last week. Take a listen. I certainly expect that uh, over time that you will see plant-based uh, on the McDonald's menu. Uh, I think for us the question is really about when. And our system operates best at scale. We don't do hobbies really well. And so when we bring plant-based on the menu, we need to be confident that there is a sufficient level of demand uh, that really uh, will allow it to stick on the menu. And so that's going to be a country-by-country decision. I think there are going to be some countries that are further along on that than others. Uh, but I do expect that, that we will have uh, plant-based uh, on the menu. It's just a question of when. I think the pandemic is speeding up a lot of things. We're going plant-based. I think that the Tyson performance was so abysmal that recognition that the meatpacking places somehow, no matter how much they follow the CDC and the rules, they can't seem to stay clean. Uh, I think Beyond Meat, I know when I was at Costco, Beyond Meat is just a huge seller. They've been hurt by food service, but there is a uh, uh, there's a groundswell. It's not Zoom with 300 million. But I think that there are people who are getting appalled by what's happened at the meatpackers. And the more uh, more we read about it, the more we think, you know what? Beyond meat is the way to be able to get protein, but skip that thing called the industrial cow. Hmm. Uh, You've got Ethan Brown on tonight, Jim. And I guess that that means you are. Not heartened by Tyson uh, resuming production in Waterloo this week? Well, I'm glad that they closed it. But look, I just think look, there's something obviously wrong when you have factories that you're doing everything you can to keep this disease out. Let's hope that this new that Waterloo works. But I, I think these stories make you become not necessarily a vegetarian, but to think twice about beef. And then you think twice about beef and then you try beyond. You kind of realize it's very, very similar. They're both protein sources. The new Beyond sausages are much better in terms of the kind of ingredients that we used to get. The price differential could be big. At last, Ethan Brown may have that price differential where he's cheaper coming under the beef complex. And this is it's a really important ethos, not a hobby. And I love Chris. I think he runs a great chain. I think the franchisees, they just don't want it. They're, who wants another line, basically a line where you have to do something that's anti your core business. But uh, Ethan is Ethan Brown is a he, he he's a missionary uh, for 10 years. He was he proselytized. And I, I think it's hitting home. I think it's a real trend. I had Impossible yeah. on last week. Now, they are GMO, which is something that obviously is uh, a curse word among some. But, wow, this movement's happening. And you've you got to get on the bus or get left. Get left behind. But, Jim, I think it's important to put it in some perspective. I mean, you're still talking about a company in Beyond Meat that did, what, $97 million in revenues? I mean, these are still very small numbers. Growing off that base, obviously, at a very high rate, but nothing compared to some of the bigger companies. You know, look, it starts like that. I mean, Nestle's picked it up because they think it's, when I had Nestle CEO on, he said, look, this is a must in Europe. So, I mean, it, it starts like this. I don't think it, it, it doesn't begin with a billion dollars. But well, this is not a blockbuster drug. But watch this trend. I think it's very exciting for investors. Yeah, we'll, we'll cover that along with uh, Wendy's, which is now saying on the call that the fresh beef supply issue that's been reported on is temporary. More on that when Squawk on the Street continues in a moment. The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX. 
Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. ADP coming in with a 20.2 million job loss for the month of April, worst in the history of the data set, setting us up for what might be a very difficult number when we get the jobs number on Friday. In the meantime, though, futures hanging on to some gains. Back in a moment. Welcome back to Squawk in the Street. It is a relatively small toy company, but it's large enough to be the feature of today's Mad Dash. Talking Mattel, Jim. Yeah, Mattel's on tonight on Mad Money. And what's disturbing is, uh, point blank, they're saying that uh, the fall-off was more extreme than expected. Yunnan is uh, considered to be a visionary, but they missed by 20 cents. Uh, Olympics and uh, movie delays hurt them badly. Uh, but people always think about toys doing well in a recession. It didn't happen here. And then, David, the stark number I wanted to give you is Barbie is down 10%. So it's kind of a metaphor, isn't it? It's interesting, yeah. Board games? I would think board games would be doing pretty well Always. right now. Always, and they're not. not. Well, it, it, look, uh, Hasbro's done okay. It's just that this is a group where uh, it, historically it's been good. I'm wondering whether this also isn't the digital economy, where people are not just pl- playing, obviously, video games, but people are, are downloading apps, and they're playing with them. Uh, and the app store is doing incredibly well. We had a great piece by, you know, my fave, Katie Huberty from Morgan Stanley, talking about the remarkable, remarkable app store numbers. So I think people are getting digitized everywhere. Yeah. Um, well, Hasbro, as you point out, is three or four times the size at this point, market cap wise, of Mattel, right. which has been suffering for years, has had a series of different leaders, of course, trying to sort of stem the decline there. That Barbie number is not a good one, though. No. It, look, but we're getting all sorts of uh, industries that just seem to be decked. And then we get a lot of other situations where it's just, I mean, look, look at the second tier 
Internet plays, Pinterest last night. Terrible. People did not like the number from from Twitter. Uh, you're seeing companies. It's just the big three. It's uh, it's Facebook, Alphabet, and the one that you taught me to watch, which is certainly the one that I'm most excited about. Amazon ads. They're remarkable. They sell. They're really doing well. So that's kind of where we're going. Everything's changing again rather yeah. rapidly. All you got to do is read the first line of that Microsoft conference call. You're getting two years shotgunned into a couple of months, and I, I just think that it's. We're in the Zoom generation, David. We're no longer in the selfie generation. You know what that is, the Zoom generation? Right. What is it? Yep. What's what's the Zoom generation? It's kind of a quiz. It's where you look hideous on Zoom and you need makeup and Botox. (laughs) And that's why I like the Allergan AbbVie deal. Botox will never be more important now that 300 million people are looking at you and yourself. When you look at yourself, David, it cries out Botox. Oh, it's just, oh, you kidding me? Of course, it absolutely does. I don't know when I'm going to actually be able to try and use that stuff. Although Brent Saunders may have a little time in his hands now oh, that geez. the deal's going to close soon. Yeah. Maybe he can help out. Because um, he's, he's gone in from the of, new team. You know, he's very good at, no, I mean, you know, telling me where I'm going to, I don't know, where would you put it? I don't know. On your forehead and around out. your eyes? What happened to your selfie? What, what happened to looking your selfie best, though? Well, old because I got that from Fabrizio Freire, the CEO of Estee Lauder. He's moved on from selfie best to uh, zooming best. <laughs> well, there you go. More green. Carl. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, indeed, Jim. Um, there is the opening bell. I'm just looking for the uh, the players this morning as uh, my computer's frozen. But, Jim, just in terms of the price action, we had that interesting uh, upside reversal on Monday. It seemed like yesterday, uh, Clarida took some wind out of the sails. By the way, it's Kevin McSpeeden, a chief assistant, assistant chief electrician at the NYSC at the NASDAQ, Lyra Therapeutics focused on ear, nose, and throat diseases. But why the churn here, Jim, uh, between uh, 28, 2900? I think that a lot of people really took the, took heart from oil. The, the, the just incredible decline in oil really freaked people out. And now that that's off the table and coming back, people are realizing maybe it was an aberration. Mike Worth, the incredibly good CEO from Chevron, told you it was just a financial, uh, totally divorced from oil, financial trade. Uh, I I asked him, why don't you just stand there at a dollar and buy all the oil you want? But it's because it's very small. So I think the hedge funds have always taken their cue and said, oh, oil's good. Maybe uh, the economy's good. And then no one has really seen anything bad yet from the reopening of the economy. I know it's just been a little bit, but I think that people are kind of heartened. I don't want to get too caught up in it because you know that it's the disease does not work the way we expect it to. Disease is like Goldfinger. No, you know it's really insidious. Yeah, I expect you to die. Um, Yes. Yeah, I mean people are watching spikes out of Nebraska uh, doubling in in a few days, but it's so early, Jim. It's yeah. I mean, we really do have to wait until, uh, you know, what, middle of the month at least before we can uh, put a grade on the quality of these reopenings. Yeah, I mean, you know, this disease is not, it doesn't give you the instant gratification that hedge funds want. Hedge funds are buying stocks like Illinois Tool Works and PPG, betting that it turns out, you know what, this is going to be shallow. And it's going to be shallow. Why? Because America's open. I don't know. I, I, you listen to Fauci in the, uh, in the National Geographic article and you say, Jeez, look, either he has puts on the market. Well, he does not follow the market. I'm being facetious. But he makes me more concerned, although I am heartened by what's happening at Disney. 
uh, because I do think it's not down 10 bucks. Uh, I know it's early. I like what's happening in Starbucks. I like what's happening in some of the winning companies in America where they just have good balance sheets and they have taken advantage of these real estate investment trusts that are so hobbled where we're looking at real estate investment trusts where they're thrilled that 54% of the tenants are paying. What is that? Right. Uh, by the way, that was April. Um, May is going to be considerably worse, one would expect, in terms yeah. of what we see from retail, at least. Uh, and again, working off the Vornado numbers or some of the others. We did get Taubman numbers, too. They did pull down on a revolver. Of course, people continue to watch that closely. We got the proxy there, Jim, in terms of assignment properties. Uh, but, you know, continued concern in some way. Don't know a thing. Everybody, everybody expect, uh, talk to expects at this point it's still moving forward. But that's a tough deal, of course, for Simon to swallow. But Taubman did report numbers. That's why I pointed out when you point out the REITs. Um, Jim, you also uh, mentioned Pinterest. That's worth mentioning again yeah. and coming back to you on because it is down over 17% after reporting earnings. Well, geez, I mean, they just talked about when you see this, the language, we began to experience a sharp deceleration in the middle of March as advertisers responded to change in demand. Once again, you find these advertisers who are, for instance, in travel. I mean, travel is much more of a we're all learning how big travel is as part of the U.S. economy. We don't make anything, but we travel. I mean, that's kind of the little facetious things that people are saying. And uh, when you take away all the travel advertising, you really crush a lot of different companies. I think it's important that you look at the, again, the big three advertisers, uh, big three uh, TV shows now, big three viewing, big three everything, Google, Azure, Microsoft, of course, and Amazon. Well, they don't have a lot of uh, travel ads, so they're holding up really well. They have a lot of consumer product yeah. goods ads. That's what to watch. Yeah. Look well, at we know stocks. what uh, Barry Diller uh, said on our air a couple weeks ago oh. about uh, ad spending and Expedia. And then New York Times today, uh, Jim, even though uh, digital subs up uh, almost 600,000, they do see ad revenue down 50 to 55 in Q2 that, and really couldn't give anybody any visibility beyond that. That was stunning. And yeah. now, obviously, the... The um, failing New York Times is not failing if they've got that many new subs. That, oh, that's an allusion to someone. Uh, 587,000, highest number in history. But people do look at ads and just say, you know what, it, subs are just harder to get. I don't think so. I mean, I, I can't wait to hear what Mark Thompson says. This guy's kind of a hero to me because everyone said that the Times was a dead tree production and that great journalism wouldn't sell. Now, I know that there are a lot of people, uh, hate him or like him, Trump would tell you this is the worst journalism in the world. But I think that a lot of people want to be informed. And this is another way to be informed other than uh, a particular uh, uh, news channel. And they're kind of polar opposites. Uh, on the subject Meanwhile, of advertising, guys, um, Carl, if I can, worth mentioning Discovery because that sure. conference call, I'm, I'm not sure if it's concluded, but they reported numbers this morning, of course. Uh, and when it comes to ads, as you might expect, they said they've predictably seen higher cancellations and deferrals in the second quarter. Um, and the, based on the business book for the remainder of the quarter, both May and June, they said we're looking slightly better than April. But again, as uh, we hear so often, it's a fluid marketplace. Uh, and at the moment, with a lot of cancellations rolling month to month, they are not in a position at this point to give specific guidance uh, in terms of what they expect for the remainder of the year. That stock is uh, benefiting, though, up a little bit, uh, more than 1% right now. 
um, is Discovery. But again, when it comes to the ad market and the traditional media companies such as Discovery, we haven't heard from a Viacom or a Fox yet. Disney, of course, part of that as well. Very unpredictable at this point in terms of what they expect to see for the remainder of the year. Then you move to the sub, uh, to, to people uh, cutting the cord. And the question remains whether that is something that's going to increase over the course of the summer as more people sort of look to broadband as the main product and realize that they can do without uh, so much of what is the video cable product, so to speak, particularly if sports doesn't come back anytime soon. Just, are people betting that sports is, David, because Disney's only down 60 cents, or is this just the greatest short gone wrong? I mean, everything's going wrong, right, except for Disney+. Plus. So the shorts just lean all over it in I don't know. I think they may have to cover. I, I mean, the stock should be down. I mean, come on. I mean, this is I mean, it's kind of a it's not exactly. It, it was I guess. Said I mean, can good. you look? I know. Can you if you're willing to look past how long is it a year or a year and a half? I mean, if you want to look from 21 to 22 numbers, I guess, Jim, you're, then it's going to be very significant growth at Disney. But people were at 440 this year for earnings and now they're at 220. I mean, they've cut in half. It doesn't matter. It's an iconic name. It's down 40 points. It is a good balance sheet. It has great management. And they're going to see their way through it. That's what I hear. And I think that that's all true. There are some iconic brands that are going to get to the other side simply because they are iconic. And I don't know many companies that, it, and I know that's an overused word, but they're not, they're not that many that are. And I think that, right. I mean, look, I, look, I don't hear anyone who says the football season is going to be canceled. And football is really important for them. I don't hear anyone. I hear that it could be Thanksgiving and all you're going to do is play your own division rival. But that will still have something to talk about. And look at the numbers from that draft. Carl, you see it was like 55 million people watched the draft. I didn't even find it exciting. And I watched it because it was like live. There were people doing things live. Yeah. Over three days. Unbelievable. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jim, uh, GM is above the 50-day for the second time since February as they uh, extend some revolvers. Um, Magically, this this $1.4 billion hit is almost the the same number that Disney gave us on the coronavirus impact. But autos are interesting today. I see VW China sales down two in April. You would have expected a much larger number than that. Yeah, pickup sales, GM, uh, heavy duty, uh, fantastic. I think China is, you know, look, this is, I'm not a fan of the PRC. I've made that over and over and over again. The Communist Party, I can't stand. But I got to tell you, that economy is really coming back. And GM sales are going to be very, very good. The economy is just great there. I don't think there's anyone saying that. I see a lot of articles that say they're not spending. That's not the, what the numbers say. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'd heard, Jim, that the consumer has not been particularly strong as yet in China. Are you hearing, are you hearing differently? I'm hearing they have a lot. Of, this is they pumped a lot of money into the economy and that they I, I don't think they want. It's not in their interest to talk about how good it is, because that's, again, feeds into the narrative that they that there was a nefarious plot, the Goldfinger plot. I'm not buying the Goldfinger plot, but I do, meaning that there was someone who really did this. But as Fauci said, who cares whether it was manufactured or whether it was from a wet market? Who cares? It's obviously wrong to do. And it pre- created this. And I think that a narrative which says that their happy times are here again in China just accelerates the anger that the world may have toward China, including all the Belt and Road companies, countries that the countries that took the money, had the Chinese workers come a la Italy and then. Well, Italy. 
Um, Jim, you mentioned briefly AbbVie we were, when we were talking about Botox um, and, of course, the purchase of Allergan. That is expected to close now any day. Perhaps Friday uh, seems to be uh, in focus as the most likely day that it will finally close that deal. It was delayed longer than they had anticipated. Of course, the FTC finally approving the consent decree for the sale of drugs that amount to about $150 million worth of sales, a lot of enzymes. Uh, three to two vote, by the way, the Democrats voting against. Some see that vote as a precursor if, if in fact, the FTC were to move to Democratic control, that you're not going to get a lot of deals done. Uh, so that's sort of scaring people in the M&A market a bit. But they did finally get to the finish line. The Irish court this morning approved the deal as well. Expected to close is Friday. Our old friend Brent Saunders will not be on the board of directors. Having made a decision, it appears that you know, too many conflicts there when you're trying to potentially go out and find another job as he would. But I know you've been very focused on AbbVie as a stock, Jim. Uh, and now we are there in terms of the actual close of this transaction. Gonzalez delivered a fantastic quarter. There are a bunch of drugs that are good. The Bruvik is good. But what's really exciting to me as a the chief spokesperson for the uh, Migraine Foundation, they have a one they have a pill that you take and in an hour and a half, the migraine goes away. And this is one of the reasons why Abby bought Allergan. And then the part of the op- reopen of America, dermatologists, uh, doctors, they know how to wear masks. They know how to wear uh, PPE and they know how to deliver Botox. And I think that his uh, his Gonzalez's talk about Botox is just fantastic on the Abby quarter. That is just something that people they have a hard time living without. Remember, it's cash pay. You don't have to worry about the government. So I think he's, this deal is closing just when Allergan looks the best, which is it's on the come. And there's so many people who have wrinkles that has been pent up, David. They'll be lining. I have to do, I have to do distance, dis, social distance lines to go get Botox. What's the matter? They do. Uh, nothing. They do. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, are you going to be on one of those lines? Well, I don't know. I, I, I mean, used to I get haven't started yet. So, shots once Botox, you start, I guess. Right here. Now, you're supposed to get it here. Oh, I had God. it here. You see, because when you have a migraine, it really helps. Right. But I yeah. like this. Yeah. I like the Am- Amavig from Amgen and the new drug from Allergan, which is going to be a blockbuster uh, because it's going to be distributed worldwide by Avi. Remember, Allergan was very weak, I thought, international. Uh, Brazil is a great market for Botox. They love it. Uh, but it's worldwide. They didn't have the sales force. AbbVie's got the sales force. I love this combination. It's terrific. Right. Um, Another combination you love was Bristol-Myers-Celgene. A little note here for, for everybody as well. Jim, you may have seen it. They, they exercised a three-month amendment for the CVR. Remember that, uh, right. that CVR, ba- the contingent value, right, based on the performance of drugs that need to get FDA approval? They pushed it out there. The PDUFA date, the date by which the FDA has to rule, is still within the, the overall now, given the three-month extension. Uh, they're talking November uh, having a rule by. But that that is having some pressure on that CVR that's been out there since, of course, the Bristol-Myers Celgene deal closed and has looked very good because it did appear that the drugs in question were all going to actually uh, be uh, be approved. Right. Uh, we'll see. We don't know yet. But BMYR could be under some pressure. It's interesting that Bristol-Myers sells as cheap as it does, but uh, I thought the Celgin deal was brilliant. Dr. Kafario, who I'm interviewing on Healthy Returns, uh, is doing a, a remarkable job in 2.9% yield, uh, going to be buying back a lot of stock. He has, uh, he has a drug that rivals uh, Keytruda at Merck, and it's not, not doing as well. But he says, listen, don't, uh, don't uh, rule him out in terms of winning uh, some head-to-heads. 
And I, I think it's just a, it's, it sells at 10 times earnings. Uh, it doesn't have any economic uh, exposure whatsoever. So I do like it. And I think it's very well run. All right, Jim, uh, we'll watch that. It's been a busy morning of news out of ADP and Treasury as well. Let's get to Rick Santelli this morning. Hey, Rick. Uh, yeah, Carl, you know that uh, the ADP number was large, but nobody should be shocked. As a matter of fact, uh, in, in certain ways, I'm shocked it's not higher. Uh, but that's a story for another day. Probably Friday it would be the day, I would guess, when we get Bureau of Labor Statistics, uh, the government's release for the employment report. Today, 20s are wild. A 20-year we haven't seen since the 80s is most likely going to be having its first auction on the 20th of May. And that 20-year will be sized at $20 billion, So 20s are definitely wild. Many are looking forward to that. We all know that the yields on most of the long-dated maturities, even the 10-year, are pretty minuscule. But then again, the Fed has gone from, what, $75 billion a day to less than $10 billion a day. So they can kind of have a big say-so and where that interest rate is pegged. $96 billion is going to be the refunding next Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, threes, tens, and thirties, respectively. That is, of course, a record amount of treasuries in that package. And then another week and a half after that, we'll have twos, ten, twos, fives, and sevens, also a record size. So it's all about supply and debt. And all of the programs have a cost to them that are helping float the economy in place while it's kind of sidelined cessation due to the coronavirus, of course. Now, look at how the effects have gone into the Treasury complex. Look at an intraday of 10s. We haven't traded as high as 70-plus basis points in three weeks, the 15th of April to be exact. And if you look at a two-week chart, you can see we've taken out the top of the range. Same for 30-year bond, taken out the top of the range, traded 140. It hasn't traded 140 in about the same amount of time, three weeks. And, of course, the dollar, which has been really counterintuitive to most things going on, it seems to go up when rates go down because the, all these signals are, are screwed up. Uh, the central bank is needed at this point in time, but they certainly don't make the market signals any more accurate, to be sure. But today, with rates higher, the dollar index popped over 100 again. It's been in a rather tight range between 99 and 100. And on that 24-hour chart, you can see it's come back a bit uh, right under that 100 mark. The strong dollar in this instance, along with interest rates, I think is a pretty good sign. But then again, emerging markets probably would disagree with that. Carl, Jim and David, back to you. All right, Rick, we'll talk to you later on this morning. If you were watching CNBC 10 years ago today, you might remember that somewhere in the middle of the session, the market started to act really weird. Watch this. What we're seeing right now I mean, it, it, maybe I, I believe maybe unprecedented. It can't ago, be there. A few that is not a real ago, price. Stock was, it's too bad. The system obviously broke down. We're we going to find out that there was a glitch in the machines. From there was a glitch in the tape. The happened. machines failed. And it obviously yeah, broke the down. Just it obviously broke down. No, the minutes. market didn't work. It broke down. The machines broke down. That's what happened. Yep. The uh, machines Jim, broke point, down. Uh, yesterday was that. Um, yeah, your, but your point was that it was a big. Uh, shake and shook confidence uh, in ways that lasted a lot longer than we might have thought. Well, I, I keyed on Proctor that day. Uh, my friend Aaron Burnett, used, I, I always use Proctor. It's kind of like he used Bristol Myers. And when I came out, Proctor was at 90, and I said it didn't really represent great value. And then uh, 10 minutes later, it was at 40, and I said, geez, you know, Proctor looks really good here. 
you can't do that. You can't have a you can't have stocks completely divorce themselves from the fundamentals. That also happened, by the way. Remember when uh, there was an ill-timed uh, comment by a guy who's really fabulous, uh, James Bullard, on a Friday on a serious radio show, and we came in on Monday, and all the stocks were down. People thought they might have to tighten uh, because of what he said. And you had another phony market. The phony market, every time this happens, people say this this thing, this asset class is not worthy of my uh, of my hard earned money. And I, I, I'm always hard-pressed to disagree because the, 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 they, they, they cleaned up their act. I mean, Bob Pizzani did a great piece the other day about how, yes, things didn't break down this time. And I think that's great. But when you have your money in, in a, a, the, one of the greatest blue chips of all time, Proctor, and it gets cut in half in 12 minutes, is that really, you want know, your IRA or your 401k cut in half in 12 minutes? It, it's just it doesn't hold up under close scrutiny. So it's always a problem. And we've got now we're starting to protect uh, but the there was just a that flash crash had a lot to do with machines overrunning people, which is exactly what happened in 87. And remember, a lot of these are about greed. I mean, we have a lot of machines in there and exchanges make a lot of money. There's no people anymore. You know what the deal is. I mean, this this industry uh, used to be about uh, the buying a piece of America. And now I don't know what it is about. Buying a piece of what? Mm. Sorry to be so down. Don't want to be downbeat, but oh, wow. What? I'm like you're having a little existential crisis there. I mean, come on. David, <laughs> Botox does strange things it. to you. Snap out of it. Disney's up. Yeah. How's that? Disney's up. There you I'm go. Right. Disney's They're wrong. up. There you go. Okay? Right? Disney's up. Dis- I like Bob Iger. He's back. He's better than ever. He's like Gandhi 2, the sequel. Disney is up. Yes. Guys, uh, the uh, pre-market gains that were implied, we've uh, lost some of that, obviously, but we're hanging on to some. We're going to talk to Kroger later on this morning about, uh, obviously, grocery business, what's happened to comps there, meat supply, and a lot more. As a busy Wednesday continues, don't go away. Apple's leading the Dow this morning as Morgan Stanley says that App Store growth is accelerating to multi-year highs, followed by Intel, Microsoft, Pfizer, Nike. A lot more Squawk on the Street continues in a moment. It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. Look, there's a stock that's up 73% for the year. It's not American, it's Canadian. It's called Shopify. They did a 19-cent gain. People were looking for a 19-cent loss. 470 million in revs. 443 was the was the, the uh, expectation. It's an e-commerce place. So why isn't the stock up 40? Well, when you're up this much, people might be tempted to take profits. If they do... Shopify should be on your list of shop, your shopping list because this is the junior Amazon. Now, off earlier, I said that Beyond Me could be, well, one of the great growth stocks, and I, but I did not compare it to Tesla. But I will say that Shopify has, has the, the uh, growth that even Etsy, PayPal, uh, they all dream of. And uh, Amazon loves them. Everybody loves them. They think that the company is just a bunch of great guys. Based in Canada harmless, nice, great grower. David, it's where you and I are going to grow. We're going to go to Canada. We're moving. We are? Yeah, harmless? Really? They're harmless? They're harmless. Uh, all right. I'm, no, I'm, I by the way, one. I had them on, I'm and ready. they were so nice. I said, like, guys, like, you, you got to get, yeah, you're, you're just too nice. But nice guys finish first. Leo DeRocher was always yeah. wrong. Okay? He was dead wrong. Okay. How many pennies? How many? How many he, what? You asked me to get more. Yeah, eighty billion dollar market value. You're right. Yes, I know. We Everybody wants to buy them. Francisco, they, every, York, uh, all New the York major Giants, guys actually. in the valley have asked to buy them. 
but they are Canada's own and they're proud Canadians. There. I had to go to my dermatologist. We're going to Canada. You bet we are. All right. I'll see you at the dermatologist. Well, maybe if not that, if not Canada, then Germany, Jim, where Merkel's on the tape right now uh, saying we've reached the goal of slowing the virus and protecting health care. People from two households now can get together and hang out. Really? In Germany. That's where they are. Yeah. And it's, we'll, we'll see if uh, now that the president says the task force is sort of going to adjust its, uh, its focus from the virus to the economy, maybe wow. we get to that point, too. Jeez. I mean, you can walk on the same side of the street with, your, with friends? I'm going to the garden. Is that... Is that indoors or outdoors? I mean, we're already doing outdoors. Can you, that's indoors, I, I think guess. It sounds like you can be, you know, my daughter's in, in Madrid. Their first time out in six weeks. She says it's a great city. She teaches English there by Google yeah. Classroom. Jim, what, one thing we didn't get to was uh, dividends. Uh, I know Pisani was going to mention this in his hit, but uh, Wendy's cut the dividend, but Pepsi up the dividend. Yeah, look, Pepsi's just, there's very few companies. Of course, Wendy's is up. Can you believe it? Well, they, they were going to hear about breakfast is good. Uh, Pepsi's doing remarkably well, but it's down substantially from when it reported. But I think that it, look, Raymond LaGuardia is not a promotional figure. Uh, he's terrific, and I think Pepsi's is, a, Pepsi's is a great buy. I like the consumer packaged good stocks. I'm very happy with them, David. I'm not yeah. negative. David's actually, Carl, David thought I was <laughs> negative today. And then people said, why don't you blast the PRC more? Uh, my, the people who criticize me, pound sand. I'm giving her all she got. <laughs> so, Jim, really quick, uh, before negative, we lose Jim, you. You just sounded uh, like you were having a, you know, oh, you're not buying a piece of America anymore, your whole thing there. I, don't, I, I, I wish there was I wish the market you. were more piece of America. Look at this lineup. I've got CVS right at the top, okay? I've got waste management. Well, what's the tell there? I've got Mattel. What the heck happened there? And beyond me, David, this is going to be the biggest company on earth. How's that? Did I do it for you? That sounds more Kramer-esque to me. All yes, right, thank that, you. That I'm makes sorry, me feel better. You know, yes. David, someone asked the other day, Jim, you're a little downbeat. He said, well, I've seen my wife once in three months, and it's called a pandemic. I guess I should be celebrating it. I miss my wife. There, that's existential. <coughs> yeah. I'm going to see her this weekend. Right, well, We're going to plant seeds. We're going to plant seeds. on that. All right. I'm not existential. It's just, we'll see you tonight, Jim. Pandemic's a bit of a bummer, David. Uh, You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.